Okay, welcome to the Punch Touch Podcast. Real fans, real talk. We dissect, dive deep and discuss juicy bits of gossip and news from the world of boxing and MMA. I'm Coach T, I'm your host and welcome to a crazy ride of adventure. Real fans, for the fans. Let's go! Hey, it's the Punch Touch Podcast. It's the Punch Touch Podcast. Welcome, welcome everybody to another fantastic episode of Punch Touch Podcast. This is season two, season two, and I hope you've stuck to your headphones or to your speaker like glue with Punch Touch. Episode number one, the quiet before the storm. And people... People, I'm telling you, there is going to be a storm coming with the main bouts that we've got coming up and with the UFC events that we've coming up. It could be potentially fights of the year. It's, yeah, it's going to get a little bit narky. It's going to get a little bit grey. It's going to get a little bit grisly. A little bit of urban warfare will take place before our eyes in a disciplined in a disciplined environment. Uh, I would like to introduce myself as Coach T and also... My fantastic guests, welcome back, Farmer. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm feeling great. Thank you very much, Coach T, for season two. Uh, well, everybody hope 2022 will be prosperous for many and even better for me. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I feel groovy, man. I, um, I, I feel good, great. There's a lot of stacked fighting this year, a lot of um, great prospects, Um of dueling this year amongst great fighters and looking forward to it and also looking forward to, to, to this evening or this afternoon or this morning's company wherever you are to listening um to chew over the fat what we're going to discuss later on cool 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 and before i move over to our next co-host i just want to say to you like farmer how you been you've been okay you've been well man I, as you know coach t um, my retirement's been wonderful mate and i got no big <laughs> And if I, my big, my complaints are minor to many others. So, yeah, it's been wonderful. Excellent, excellent. I'm glad to hear that, man, because you deserve it. You know, you know, people don't know, but I know you've done your graph and you deserve to chill like the, like the man of Del Monte. Let's chill out. It's all good. And our other co-host, Mike. How are you doing, Mike? And as I say your name, Mike, I really would like to give you a nickname, you know, bro. <laughs> really, I've got, I've got loads. <laughs> I'm thinking the first thing that comes to my mind is because of your voice, and I know what you do. The first thing come to mind. Now, don't take offense to this, Mike. I just <laughs> the first thing that came to mind was Muscle Mike. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I got a couple. I got, I got the got? polar opposite to that one. Uh, people, <laughs> what you got? What you got? People used to call me Skinny. <laughs> Like, because okay. it's an it's an ironic thing because I'm not I'm far from skinny, um, and then the other one was like a Welsh thing. People used to call me Swansea Mike, and that was it. So I've I've already got a couple. But yeah, muscle, muscle Mike. Mike sounds good. Yeah, I like that because it's in your voice, man. You, I mean, you've got that you've got that henchman voice. You know, you've got that you've got that mob <laughs> boss voice, like you know. Yeah, it comes with the job. <laughs> It comes with a job when you got to turn it on, and people are just like they just start shitting themselves. Do not enter. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When 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 I was a doorman back in the day, it was like no, and they're like oh, okay. <laughs> they thought I'd fucking kill him or something. Well, you know what? Can can we roll with that, Mike? Have have we got yeah. your? Have I got your permission to roll with Muscle Mike? I like Muscle Mike. Yeah, hundred percent. And, I, and I'm yeah. sure, and I'm sure Jay, the professor, will take a lot of credit in that as well. <laughs> Be, being my nutrition and uh, lifting coach. So. Well, there you go, there you go. Why not? And why not? If if it all works out and it works well, why not? Yes, yeah, so Muscle Mike. So same question to you. What I said to Farmer, like, um, how you been? You've been okay. You, you've been good. As we transition to 2022. Uh, yeah, well, it was the worst possible start to 2022 because I tested positive for COVID on New Year's Eve. So wow. all of my plans were scrapped, like seeing seeing the missus and, you know, celebrating the new year. That was in the bin. But luckily, I didn't have any symptoms, really, so that wasn't too bad. And then I treated myself by buying a new car, so that was good. 
and yeah, just getting back to training, feeling good now, feeling energetic, and uh, yeah, ready to ready to roll with the new year now. Okay, and and you know, obviously, you know, this is this is audio, so ain't no one seeing the license plate. But what type of uh, horse? <laughs> what type of horse did you buy to carry yourself throughout this world? Uh, I bought myself a C sixty three AMG. God damn! Yeah, it's got <laughs> got a lot of horses. <laughs> yeah, Four hundred and eighty horses. <laughs> and mate, that's got PPs. You know what PPs is underneath the hood? Is the piss off pistons? That's what you got, yeah. man. Oh, Shit. mate, it is angry. It is angry. Uh, it goes with the voice. <laughs> it's just deep and angry. <laughs> and 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 what color is the coat of this fine animal? It's like uh, that dark blue that Mercedes do, like that midnight blue sort of thing. It's nice. It's, it's classy. It's like blue and black. So, nice. Okay. Okay. I'm getting a bit of yeah. a Knight Rider vibe there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear it before you see it, though. <laughs> <laughs> nah, shit. That sounds like the perfect punching combination, man. Well, That's I'm good. sure Coach T, he doesn't feed the horse with sugar. <laughs> no, no, that would be bad. <laughs> no, no, there you go. Oh man, that's that's great to hear, though. Honestly, and 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 I do, I do, I do like vehicles. I, I'm I'm a biker myself. I like motorbikes, but I can respect some pissed off pistons, man. Shit. No, yeah. I, I respect bikers because I've never had the balls to get on a bike. I'm just not. I'm not brave in that sense at all. Maybe it's because you know yourself, Mike. Like, you know what you're capable of. <laughs> yeah, and I know what I'm not capable of, and that is getting on a bike. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> you you, you people are crazy, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but you're not wrong there, mate. You're not wrong there. And speaking of crazy people, let's talk about two crazy people. So, speaking of uh, crazy people, let's talk about two individuals that get a little bit... They get a little bit cray cray when they get into their beast mode in the ring, in the boxing ring. Uh, I'm talking about Eubank Jr. versus Liam Williams. This is on um, February the 5th, 2022, Saturday. It's at the Motor Point Arena in Wales. We've got Eubank Jr. He's got 31 wins, two losses. We've got Liam with 23 wins, three losses. You know, the ages ain't too far apart, gents. We've got Eubanks, 32. We've got Williams, 29. Um, their heights are very similar. 5'11 for, for Eubank, 5'10 for Liam. Um, the reaches are very similar. And um, personally, uh, I, I think they're both game. And I think they can both both win. I, I, I do think they both have the tools to beat each other. However, if I was a betting man, I'm going to be honest, if I was a betting man, I would go with Eubank Jr. if it turns out to be a bit of a brawl. I, I, I go with Eubank Jr. if it turns out to be a brawl because Eubank Jr. has got a good chin on him. But Liam, he's got a tank that lasts for ages. Like his tank and his is, 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 you know, is phenomenal. And, and if he can apply that pressure, it may put Eubank under pressure and he may succumb. Um, I like to go to. I want to go to uh, Mike with this because Mike, you know, Swansea. You said you, that that nickname about Swansea and you being from those beautiful lands where good food and good animals are grown. Uh, what do you think about this fight? To be honest, I've not really seen much of Williams. Um, I know he's he's coming off a loss. Is that right? He's coming off a, a unanimous decision loss. Um, yeah. Obviously, I've seen yeah. a fair bit of Eubank. You know, he, he, he's a good boxer, in my opinion. I Don't get me wrong, to all the, the listeners out there, I ain't going to pretend like I'm a boxing expert, because I'm not. But um, he's always looked pretty good. Uh, you know, they're both quick guys. Like you said, they're both quite equally matched in terms of size. Um, I, I'd say just going off what I know, I would naturally pick Eubank. Um, he's a bigger name in my eyes. Um but you know you can't count someone out who's coming off a loss, uh, especially in going into a big fight, a big name fight um, with someone like Eubank. You know you can really propel yourself uh, in the headlines and everything else with a, a good win over someone. And I think if you got the gas tank for it and you're tough enough, you know, like you said, you put the pressure on people, you can break people. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I think 
overall, I'd, I'd probably go with you back with that. Mm, I think I think that's a fair statement. I mean, <clears> how do you think um, this will play out? Who do you think will win? Um, I'm going to echo what Mike said. I, I, I really, I mean, I'm I, I'm a great fan of him because he had a great. Um, he put up a real gutsy display with um, Dimitris Andre Andrade. I need to pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah, he did. He had a tank for days. <laughs> yeah, he had. Yeah, and, uh, Dimitris couldn't put him away, and he and um, Liam sort of gained a bit of traction in that fight. Um, I just feel that Eubanks got a lot more spite. Um, it, it's going to be a close fight. If, if, if Chris Eubank Jr. is not on his game, it'll be a long, long day at the office. As I said, they breed them tough in, in, in Wales. They really traditionally do. I mean, pound for pound, I personally think the Welsh and the Scots are the, are the um, backbone of British boxing. So some great fighters have come out of Wales. And mm, especially, true. it really is a tough, tough a, not say a say seasoned, but he's 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 only lost to two people. He's got three a few losses. He lost to Liam Smith and obviously Andrade. Um, it's going to be a good fight. It's, I'm intrigued after Truth Be Known, Coach T, um, because um, they've they've I said it's been cancelled about three times, two or three times. So and, and Liam really looks up for it, and, and he's on home ground, home soil. So. Um, you know, it, it, I, that sort of semi-equals it a little bit. He's not expected to win. And he's got a home uh, Welsh crowd behind him. And he's going to be very vocal there. And uh, hopefully it goes all the distance. But um, Chris Eubank's got a little bit more spite. I see Chris in the latter rounds or win on points. Mm, I, I think that's a fair statement. I agree with that. And, and um, I think both of them need to be on their game. To win, I don't think this is a pushover for both of them, but yet I, I don't think it's going to be a complete shutout for any one of them. I think they both need to be on the game, and and hopefully it boils down to a war of attrition. Like you know, I'm not being nasty, but I do enjoy a good competitive scrap, and I think this has all the potential to be one hell of a scrap. I really do, man. I, I really do. I can see it roller coasting. I can see people absorbing shots, and I can see people delivering shots. And um, we'll see. We'll see who wants it more. Um, let's move swiftly on to Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs versus John Ryder. I think that's his first name. I hope he's got. I've got his first name right. Um, Ryder Warhorse. Ryder is a warhorse, and so is Danny Jacobs. Um, I did a podcast a while back. Um, talking about Danny Jacobs and and his um he survived cancer and he said to him you know he he said it on many platforms like when you're close to death and you're ready to face it and you and you come out the other end you don't fear anything else no more like you don't fear it or whatever like it, it does something to a to a human being's resolve it really does something to the way you absorb the tolerance of pain. And um, I think Danny Jacobs has, has carried that through his boxing career. I'd, I'd still believe you need more than that to, to win, but it doesn't do you any damage to have that asset in, in your bag. Um, I personally, you know, I think I think Ryder may make an upset here. I think Jacobs may be the favourite because he, he's fought Kaleno. He's fought a lot of people, a lot of big names. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go with um, Ryder here. I, I think Ryder is is about to approach a purple patch in his career. Um, you know, I mean, what do you think, Farm? I want to go back to you with this one. I'm surprised they had the bout. To be honest, that did what? surprise me. Yeah, I really was. Why? That, um, that. Um, I don't know because John Ryder's name. I wouldn't have thought Jacobs of. I, I put him Jacobs at quite an elite level. You know, um, coming to the shores of Britain and fighting. Not knocking John Ryder. John Ryder's a gutsy guy. I'm, I'm even plus a B plus fighter, you know. Uh, and and that that's I just wouldn't have put that match up in my mind. Do you with me? Um, but yeah, but the gorilla he he, he comes to fight and is a great opportunity to, for him to bounce into the top ten again. Um, uh, has Jacob got enough in him? I know you had cancer. It's okay. We, we he can fight cancer and he's a warlord. But has that taken a lot a lot out of him? I'm not sure. Um, is is the coming across the pond, getting the English sterling? Is it a pension? You know, I'm not sure where 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 he's at in his mind. And he's a little bit old. He's what 35, 36. So is he at the twilight of it of his career? Not sure. 
is an intriguing matchup. I must admit, I think there's a good volume of money there for Jacobs to come to Britain, and I, I'm, I'll be intrigued. I, I really don't know who's going to win this. On pedigree, has to be Jacob, but because of his age and he's gone through all the turmoils in life, I'm not sure, Coach. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely. Because I, I know the gorilla can bring it. He can bring it. He's got talent. He's not fulfilled that talent, unfortunately. But um, this could be a great um, stepping stone for him to be to be back in the in the big time. So I will say um, 55-45 probably to Jacobs. But overall, I wouldn't be surprised if John Ryder won. Well, well Jacobs is 34 um, and um, the gorilla is 33. So they're not too far away with regards to... You know their their lifetime on this planet, but you're right though. It's I, the pedigree it's, though, isn't it? It's the pedigree yeah. of, of, of fighting, fighting. You know that's what I hear what you're saying, but it's just the pedigree. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. I mean, um, so like Mike, do you know anything about these fighters? And if you do know, what do you think? Not really. No, these these are two names I've not really heard of. I'm just kind of going through it now, and it looks to me like I would probably echo what Farmer said. I mean. Jacobs has fought the likes of Canelo and, uh, you know, Chavez Jr. and just bigger marquee names. Um, but then but then looking on, you know, not that I'm a stats person, but looking at it, you know, like you said, coming into enemy territory, fighting a guy who's stopped three of his last five, you know, it doesn't seem to be like a walkover for Jacobs, far from it, but... Yeah, I don't really know enough about um, either one, to be honest with you, Coach. Yeah, well, I think you, I think you know enough to make a comment. And um, what you said there, uh, I think that it does echo um, with what Farmer's saying. To be honest, there, there is uh, uh, bigger names, bigger pedigree. Um, you know, more experience with dealing with the higher levels of of boxers. And speaking of higher level of boxers, I mean. <laughs> What I'm about to say, are they still higher level? Are they, I mean, I, I would say they're in a twilight of their career. I mean, I, personally, I think they could both make, make a, a Netflix series. I think Khan may have done that already. But, um, <laughs> Khan versus Kell Brook. Amir Khan versus Kell Brook. We've got that coming. Manchester Arena, United Kingdom, February the 19th. Saturday, of course, Khan versus Kell Brook. Khan's got 34, 34 and 5. And I know a couple of those fights have been in some, some, let's say, I'm trying to be polite here, uh, not so elite corners of, of boxing and class as a professional boxing fight, but he's, at least he's kept himself going. He's kept himself ticking over. And we've got Kell Brook, who's got 39 wins, three losses. Khan's got 34 wins, five losses. Both of them are 35 years old. Both of them are five foot nine. And both of them have big egos with expensive wifeys. Um, I'm going to throw this out. Anyone can ch chime in if they want to, but uh, who do you think is going to have this? Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away, Brooke. Yeah, I, I've got Brooke, but. If Khan boxes and don't get into what he should, his speed's too fast for him. If he keeps outside, he can win on points. Because you, you mentioned, alluded to earlier on, Coach T, is the ego. They've really, really been at this for the last 13, 14 years. And it could be a slugfest. It could be four rounds of wildness. But I, I believe if Khan uses his boxing ability go through some of the forums and vlogs. When he was younger, he did outbox. He used to, he used to school um, um, Kyle Brooks. So, I mean, admittedly they were younger, but Khan has a speed, but I don't know if he still can pull the trigger. They're both sort of semi-shot. It's going to be a good fight, I think, because they're, they, they're, there's a real needle here. There's a real needle. I don't really care about, I don't think they care about world titles and titles. It's just they want to get one-upmanship before someone retires. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go with um. I'm gonna go with Kelbrook as well, to be honest. And and Farmer, did I miss? Did I mishear you? But who did you say? What was your? I, I, well, I feel if, if Khan boxes, he should win. So you're going with Khan, yeah? Yeah. If he boxes, if it goes into a war, Brook will win. Mm. I think Brook will KO him. Mm. 
<laughs> you know, I, I could see that happening. And, um, I mean, the, the stats are not that far apart. I mean, uh, Brooks got like a 69% KO ratio based on his record. Show in his record. So, you know, I mean, if if they were to... Brooks does have the advantage of heavier punch but um, I, I would go with Brook to be honest and and uh, he does he does war very well like Brook has been in wars with I mean El Spence he went up double weights with Gennady Golovkin and that you get experience with a war but it also takes a piece of your soul man so I'm, I'm interested to see how much does he have left of that warring capacity and really Khan as well um, you know they say as you mature in age you kind of lose your speed. It's, I think they say that power is the last thing to leave you, but you do lose the speed. Has Khan still got the speed? Is he still good? Is, has Brooks still got some in the tank? Is his chin still durable? I think there's a few questions there that will be answered. Yeah, I think it depends who's up for it as well. You've got to think of the time that they're at in their careers. It's, it's the reasons for them fighting, you know, purely just a payday or like Farmer said, one-upmanship or, you know, and to be honest with you, I've never been the greatest fan of Khan, but I've always wondered how anyone could could come back, especially their chin and, and like you said, their soul, when Canelo knocked him out five years ago, nearing on six years ago now. I kind of edge towards sometimes, like, when you get knocked out that viciously, there is just a piece of you that you never get back. And... I also think your chin's affected as well. So like Farmer said, I think if he stays on the outside and he boxes, he, he could he could run away with a decision. But, you know, I, I'm i leaning towards him if he does get into a bit of a war because of how heated it's been. And, you know, if he fights off any sort of emotion and he gets into a war, I think he, he could get KO'd. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a good point. That is a good point. There, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of questions there, and considering that we're talking about people that you know, two human beings that are kind of they're past their prime. That's for sure. Yeah. And and the questions that you posed there, Mike, it does make sense still. You know, because Khan's had. If you was to have a high on <laughs> knockout, I, I ain't I ain't hating on Khan. I'm just being real. Like he's had some. He's had some, you know, newborn baby giraffe legs gone knockouts, man. So... Yeah. I mean, Christ, the Canelo one, that was one of the most savage ones I remember in, in recent times. You know, that was a whiplash knockout. But mm. it, it, it was very heated, though. I don't know if you, if either of you saw the, the pre-fight. You know, they, they both seemed very up for it. And I, I, I kind of got the sense that I don't know whether it's... You know, they're obviously seasoned veterans or, or if they're keeping a good poker face, but Brooke just seemed a bit more up for it. Brooke's got a real lot of he got a real hatred. I don't I don't know what's happened. Yeah. What's going on. Khan seems to get under his skin for some reason. Yeah, um, and whether that's, you know, gamesmanship and Khan knows that and he's just staying cool, calm and collected or whatever. But Brooke definitely seemed the more into it than than Khan did. But oh. So, it's going to be a good fight, and, and unfortunately, I would love to be here, because I said to um, Coach Tia, I would pay to go and watch that, but I, I won't be in the country, unfortunately, um, you know, get be abroad, so, but there's a fight I'd really like to to, to sit in, in the audience and watch, because um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, a, I, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised they have a, a rematch, if, mm. if, if they put a good account I think a rematch, and I would I would watch it because I they they both got something left in them, and um, I just cannot believe one person is gonna go out without the other person having a rematch because they because mm-hmm. they got another thirty forty years on this planet <laughs> and the the one upmanship man is too much you know it, it's too much so uh, I, and it's it's an easy sell isn't it it's it's an it easy is. sell they're they're both they're both big names in British boxing. Um, and like you said, if they put in a good account and it is a good scrap, then yeah, people would definitely buy it twice and they'd kind of be stupid not to sign up for a second one. Yeah. Especially if it was close. Yeah. Mm, all the stats say it's going to be a close fight, gents. I mean, they, 
They both debuted respectively in 2005, 2004, and the total pro pro rounds that they boxed was Khan's boxed 232 rounds and Kells boxed um, 220 rounds. So I mean, they're they're really close in stats, like not just their height, reach. It does seem like a like a perfect storm. Yeah, and, and, and also the weights. I mean, they're not young. They've been both been inactive for a period of time. Also the weight. They both sort of... Kel generally struggles on the weights. That's a big factor. Um, and they've both been inactive, haven't they? So it, it's a pretty 50-50 fight, you know, as, it, as, as Mike said. Um, Kel does look like he wants it, but sometimes our emotions can get carried away and it can take a lot of energy because he's been chasing Khan for over a decade. Um, so um, it's going to be interesting, um, very very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and they've 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 got a potential to to launch uh, a fight for a belt as well. Because I'm I'm looking at these stats in front of me, and I'm surprised. Like they've been inactive for a period of time, respectively. But Khan's like ranked number eleven. He's top twenty, top fifteen in the WBC. The WBCs that's the green belt. That's the money belt. That's the Mayweather belt. Like that's the WBC is a significant belt that can help to change one's life financially and status-wise. And Khan, sorry, not Khan, Kel is respectively number 13 ranked in the WBC. So, you know, like they've I'm I'm surprised at that stat personally. And I I don't want to go into the politics of boxing because that can get really dirty, like shitty, shitty puddles. It can really get really dirty and shallow, but it is what it is. So um, we'll I'm not that. sure, though, Coach T. They'll be relevant for the bigger for the bigger young names. They're relevant for us in the British Isles, as Mike said. Um, I'm not sure if they're unless they one of them put on a phenomenal performance and wants to pursue his his career. Maybe, but I just feel that at a domestic level, I think that one or two fights um, between them two, I think that's it, mate. Because they they generate more money just them two than in the world than hundred percent. You know, a lot more. So why take the risk? Keep, keep, keep at this. Have a close fight. Have a, have a controversy. That then have a second one. They both walk away with millions. They're, they're more than within a world fight because people in Britain will want to see it, and it will sell seats. You know, and it's got that Yorkshire Lancashire feel again, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it has that as well. Um, so it's a big thing up north. So yeah, it's, uh, it's something I've always, I would be definitely intrigued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wish it was done a bit sooner when they were both in their prime and, mm. and you know, not so many uh, in-between wars before they've managed to uh, collide. But it is what it is. Boxing is what it is. And um, hopefully it's going to be a good fight. I think it will be a great fight with Anito. Now, speaking of good fights, I'm looking forward to this. Season 2, Episode 1, The Quiet Before the Storm. UFC 270, 270, the first pay-per-view of 2022. Whatever you feel about Dana and, and his crew, whether you like him or you don't like him, mate, that octagon, that octagon will put on a display of determination, guts, willpower, struggle, joy, hatred, uh, love, passion, Defeat, glory, hey, it's um, it's a formula that does work in its modern day gladiatorial arena type of thing. It does work, and um, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gain. A lot of people are touting this to be like one of the the best, potentially the best heavyweight contest in a long time. I mean, these guys. <laughs> like they, their background stories, um, they're both fighting out of France, but I, I believe um, Cyril's from uh, a French Connolly Caribbean, isn't he? Cyril? Um, Guadeloupe, Guadeloupe, Caribbean, Guadeloupe family, and um, you've got um, Francis is from the Cameroon, um, but they're both fighting out of France at the moment, they've sparred together, they know each other, they've seen each other along their path. Um, they they both have stories of of some slight hardship and some joy and and whatnot and they both got their own individual styles. Um, this is going to be I, I think 
I'm, I'm hoping it could be one of the, the greatest heavyweight contests that we witnessed in a long, in a long, 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 long time. Um, these are two monsters, absolute friggin' monsters. I mean, Jesus Christ, you wouldn't like. You need to have some form of combustible weapon, some form of tool, if you were to ever come up to them in a pub in a witherspoons, because there ain't no ref gonna help you, man. <laughs> they're, they're beasts, absolute beasts. So, quick look at the stats. Francis, 16 and 3. Cyril, 10 and 0. Doesn't know defeat. Even in kickboxing, doesn't know defeat. Doesn't know, doesn't, hasn't, hasn't had a sniff, hasn't had a drop, hasn't had a taste. Francis has got experience. Francis is 35. Cyril is 31. They're both 6 foot 3. Uh, wow. I mean, the reach is negligible as well. Francis has got 83 inch reach. Cyril's got an 81 inch reach. Um, first of all, Farmer, who do you think is going to have this main card event on Saturday, on Sunday, excuse me, Sunday, Greenwich, meantime, the 23rd of January at silly o'clock in the morning? Who do you think should have this? First, I'd like to open Coach T and also to Brother Mike. I think this is great for, for world um, fighting because the probably first time for a long time we've got no North American or South American involved in a heavyweight. And I think that's that's a testimony to France itself and Europe, which is brilliant. That's number one. Number two, I'm a little bit one-eyed biased. I'll always back my Caribbean brothers. But um, I think Cyril is going to have to do a Mayweather. Use his skill sets, keep the monster at bay. And if he can continue and be patient, he can have victory very similar to Derek Lewis. But if he doesn't, um, you, he has to be alert for 25 minutes because, as we know, France has got an equaliser, which no human being right now out there at the moment has has, has that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Cyril because he doesn't know defeat and he knows Francis. There's needle amongst the coaches. I just love the way Cyril's very competitive very composed. He has that motai background, basketball background. He knows how to he knows to work distance and he, he doesn't need to get into a war with Francis. But if he does, he's gonna go to sleep. I I, I feel Cyril will use his counter skills and, and his mobility for a big man is incredible. He is the new breed heavyweight and I, I'm I'm gonna slightly edge for Cyril gone. Mm, good point. Good point. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, Muscle Mike, what do you think about this, man? Um, yeah, quite similar to what Farmer said. It's it's a case of uh, Silgan is is the the new breed of heavyweight. You know, you got guys very much like him now, where their skill set is so much higher. Um, I think although Francis is, has improved a lot since uh, his early days in the UFC. I mean, you could see that in the uh, second fight with Stipe. His skill set, I think, is still a, a fair bit behind Cyril's in terms of, you know, speed, technique, uh, just fight IQ. I think Cyril's fight IQ is much higher. He's a very patient fighter. You know, you, you look at the Derek Lewis fight, he took his time. He didn't rush it. He, it was a perfect performance where he put him away late in the fourth um, and as heavyweights, I think there's always that temptation to, you know, go for the kill because you only need that one shot. Um, but yeah, I think Farmer broke it down really well. I, I think it is a case of, you know, he, he either gets knocked out and he gets caught or he's going to dance around him a bit. And I think a lot of it is going to depend on the rhythm that is set in the first opening two rounds, you know, I think Francis has historically got quite uh, frustrated. I think in the Stipe fight, he got very frustrated. He got put off with his rhythm. And even, you know, the really boring fights with Derek Lewis, uh, where he lost, he wasn't able to get into that groove where he could land that killer blow. And, and like, like Farmer said, you know, you, you get touched by that and it is night-night. You know, there's no two ways about it. So, um it's a tough one for me. I think, you know, Ngannou's been on a massive tear at the minute. He's on a five-fight knockout streak. Um, 
Yaz improved a lot, but I, I want to go with the smaller guy. I'm going to go with Cyril as well. I think he's a smarter fighter. He's got more tools in the toolbox. And yeah, I just think, well, I'm hoping he can pull it out, to be fair. Mm, I, think, I think that's a good point. Um, here's another interesting um, question. I'd like, I'd like to get you guys' um, perspective on it. Um, first of all, with Mike, because Mike, you're a ground guy. Mike, you got that ground warfare. You got that 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 map that map militia, that ground warfare. If it goes to the ground, I know Cyril has got submissions, but based on that last fight with in Francis getting the back, I, th- I think he got Stipe in in a in a seatbelt maneuver. He got his back, which was very surprising because Stipe does have experience on the ground, and. Francis is quite strong. How long that endurance strength lasts while you're grappling, I don't know. But do you think on the ground, who do you think will have it on the ground and why? Um, well, it, it, it depends if you're the hammer or the nail is, is the answer to that. I think, you know, Francis looked better when he, when he almost took Steve Bay's back. But you know, he didn't really do anything with it. I think it looks a lot better when you are the hammer. And I think if you go back to their first performance, where uh, the first fight with Stipe, when he was the nail, he didn't look so good, did he? So it's it's tough because even though Fra- Francis has got submission wins on his record, he's got three wins um, from his earlier fights. So he, he does have submissions in the in the bag. It's a case of who's got the better wrestling, in my opinion. I think... I would probably lean towards Cyril. I think Cyril is more nimble. He's a bit quicker. I, I wouldn't be able to say who the stronger guy is. You'd have to assume Francis because he's going in uh, about 10 kilos heavier. Um, but I'd probably give it to Cyril. I think the advantage on the ground, you know, I, I don't think we've seen a lot of Francis and but yeah, I, I genuinely think with the heavyweights, unless you're a Frank Mir or you know maybe like a Tom Aspinall, who's a good judo guy, I think it's dictated by who takes top position, really. Mm. That's that's um that's a good point to be honest. That's a very good. Th- there's point. not there's not many good heavyweight guard players like off their back. You know, there's not that many from out there. So generally, it's whoever's on top is going to get the better of it. Mm. I can I can only think of one heavyweight um, that that would potentially be very good on his back, and and I can't remember the last time I seen him on his back, and that's that's Glover Tuckera. He's a light heavyweight, um, but yeah, yes, he's um, yeah, yeah. There's a few in the light heavyweight division. Um, there's uh, what's his name, Craig, the Scottish guy. Oh yeah, he's good. Craig, what's his name? He, he's a monster off his back in the light heavyweight division, but heavyweights is a different ball game because you've got such a discrepancy between 205 and 265. Most of them want to be at the, the top end and they don't generally tend to be like the most flexible, nimble guys on the planet. So I, I think overall, I think I'd give it to Cyril. I think he's a bit, you know, he's a bit faster. He's a bit lighter. Um, like Farmer said, his his mobility. I think he's got got more attributes to be better from the bottom than Francis. But at the end of the day, he's going to be looking at you know the world's hardest punch coming down on him if he's on the bottom. So he's got to get his ass up quickly, or he's going to have a very short night. Mm. Mm. Maybe um, good points there. Go on, Farmer. Maybe Blades probably is decent on his on his, on his back. I know he's a wrestler, but he's not. Too... He, yeah, he got that collegiate wrestling background. Yeah, he's but not many. And even Stipe, Stipe's pretty good, decent enough. But the reason was Stipe and um, Francis. Francis is enormous, and he's got 35, 40 pounds on most of these guys. You know, a lot of them float around to the top elite ones, two forty, two thirty five, and he's just too big. You know? That's what Cyril's coming in at around 240, 245. So he, he'll be, a, you know, he can about 10 kilos. Him. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, the normal. Because a lot of the, I mean, like even John Jones is, even, is, I know he's floating at 250, but can he fight at 250? Because he's always fought at two, you know, 205. So yeah. 
that's the judgment on that one. Where Francis is just, I mean, I wish the professor is here. I'm only going by his his physique. He doesn't look. He he doesn't need. He, he's natural. His body shape. Listen to Joe Rogan when he broke it down once. His body shape. This man takes nothing. He, he he's natural. He's just that. He's just, he's a scary freak of a man. So I'm going to touch on this really quickly because okay. I I told the professor I would. I said to him um, the other day actually about uh, genetics because we were talking about Larry Wheels. I don't know if you know him, the the powerlifter or powerlifter YouTuber guy. And I mentioned black genetics because I I believe that you know genet genetics are superior um, with with black people. And he and he was like, oh, you know, no, 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 you know, the fastest person in the world is this and that. So I said, "All right, I'll ask Farmer when when I speak to him, because <laughs> I I know who who you're gonna side with here. So it's gonna be recorded on the record. So what's your opinion on that? That's that's a good question. I'm I'm interested but, to hear this response. On, on response, as in uh, black. I mean, but, I'm I'm, I'm always gonna say because, right, okay, people. Yeah, and in what context though? Yeah, so so I I I've always believed that I think I think in terms of uh, black athletes, I've always thought that they are just leaner, more explosive, more aesthetically pleasing. They're just more naturally gifted when it comes to like big, lean, muscle mass, explosive, fast twitch, like you know the whole nine yards. I just think that genetics play a big part in that. Um, which is, you know, fucking great for them. Um, so, and and I think I think the professor kind of disagreed a bit, and I was like, okay, I'll 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 get. Okay, I'll, I'll break it. it. We can always break it down. With the two explosive sports and highly paid, by the way, in the world is called uh, basketball and American football. And there's a high percentage. <laughs> I'm not going to say this. American football. Am I wrong or right? Uh, when no, you're right. Yeah, explosive yeah. power. When you when you high level of explosive power. They're predominantly black athletes. Yeah. Same with basketball. is explosive grid sprints, isn't it? Explosive power. They're well, not small look, gents. Guys, I, are they? And They're, you look at the 100 metres, it's always been dominated by, by black guys. Especially from the Caribbean. Yeah. Just chuck that. So, so let, me play, <laughs> let me play devil's advocate here then. Oh, what about the arena? Arena of a sport that's very, very old. Of world strongest man with Atlas stones and yeah, that's drug fuel. That's drug fuel. What about that with that's drug fuel dominating that? I'm curious. That's drug fuel. That That is drug fuel. And I think that's static strength. It's not explosive power or lean muscle mass, is it? Like those those guys eat a ridiculous amount to get to the size that they are. And I don't think I think when I when I think of like like I said Hmm. like black genetics, I think more explosive more lean more muscular you know you look like you know ronnie coleman and and those types of guys who've got that just freak genetics to be super muscular super lean super explosive um i think strongman is very you know there are explosive movements in it but i think a lot of it is is isometric static strength rather Mm -hmm. than unlike farmer said is is very drug-based as well so, 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 do you think those isometric, static exercises and movements <clears throat> could that be leaning towards the um, the the DNA attributes of Scandinavians that have done very well in that? Yeah, possibly. I I think the upbringing and the bloodlines, and I I I am a believer in all that. I think your your heritage and what you've grown up in and what your ancestors have grown up in do have a, a determinant factor on. On, on things that you're good at. You know, it's your DNA profile, isn't it? It's... Yeah, because only, what, 20 million of, of, of the Scandinavians? Iceland, Denmark, um, Norway. Yeah. yeah. Den- I mean, there's not a lot of them. And if, they, you come, they... if, you, if you come from a long line of upper class, middle class, upper class, you know, regardless of, um, of race, I think if you come from that background where your family lineage has never really had to work and and build any sort of physical attributes that does get passed down the line. So I think that, you know, the Scandinavians who are, you know, typically like farming, 
strong guys who, who like chucking around shit every day outside. I think that over hundreds of years, thousands of years, has had an impact on their genetic bloodline. Hence, we have northern people, and us break it down in, in the genetics again. People from the north of England are Vikings. Yeah. Aren't they? You know, north of England are Vikings. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, obviously, movement of people you mix, but we always say those northern people, they're just different. They are yeah. different. They make great soldiers, they make great fighters, something in their DNA. And that's about a few hundred years ago, the Vikings settled in the north. They didn't settle in the south. Yeah. So, but I think going back to the Nganu Gan thing, I think Nganu being Camer- uh, you know, from Cameroon, I think their their lifestyle, especially with the with the people who are, you know, not not that I know a great deal about Cameroon, but the ones who are able to sustain themselves enough in the not so poor areas, I think their general lifestyle leads to big muscular lean guys, um, and I somewhat think you know even though Cyril is a big guy. I think being from the the Caribbean, I think would be a slightly different uh, genetic layout, and probably probably break it down. If they broke Guadeloupe down, pound for pound, probably the greatest athletes have come from that little island of hundred. Yeah, yeah. Henri, they got the greatest judo guy, Petty. What's it? The Petty Teddy Ped. What's the name? They got loads of French footballers have come from there. They got Marie Perec, one of the greatest female athletes of all time. They're phenomena for little <laughs> island. Yeah, no, but so so you yeah. you you just for the record, you were agreeing with me about the genetics, yeah. I, I, well, the, <laughs> thing, the thing is, though, um, Mike, is that you know we have to be visual, and the top explosive sports in the world where you use all these genetics is American football, isn't it? We're not agree. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I disagree. I disagree with that. I don't think American football is the top. Yeah. I think it's one of the top, to be honest. Yeah, but d- 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 also d- rugby as well. Yeah, yeah, I know, but rugby hasn't got not not. The, not the um, not the outputs, not the output. What they have to do, their their, their actual outputs. What they do in the, the, the grid sprints and explosiveness is is quite freak. Those guys are freaks, mate. Some mm. of the guys are big units mm. and they're freaks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, they are. They're, 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 when they do their test, is incredible. What yeah, they do. Farmer is variable though because you you say that the output, the test. I agree with you. I think the test does bring out the freaks. But the gameplay itself is stop and start. They sprint and then they stop. There's a lot of stoppages. In rugby, there is stoppages, but there's a lot of transitional well, play. You, you if, got that's, five, if that's the case, then our, our Polynesian, our Polyn, our Polynesian you know? brothers dominate rugby. The Maoris, the, the Melanesians, the Polynesians, are compl- the greatest players are all from, the, from, the, from, the, from New Zealand, Tonga and Fiji. No more than 7 million people. Do you know what I mean? The top players in Australia, top players in England, they're all of Polynesians. So we're saying Polynesians. So you put the Polynesians in American football with black people, a similar sort of output. They That's don't out. They don't. They don't output. They don't out out um, score black athletes. They don't. Mm. And, but there's a high percentage of Polynesian American football players. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And and speaking of um, those from smaller countries. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 keep this on track now because I do want to give a little bit of kudos to the co-main event of UFC 270. We've got Brandon Moreno, Marino, I should say, against Davison Figueroa. I mean, mm. this is this is a free fight trilogy. Like these guys can throw down. They're small guys, complete polar opposites to the to the to the monsters, the Godzilla monsters, the King Kong monsters that we were talking about. These are complete opposites, but my gosh, they, they will sting you and like like some rabbit hornets. These are seriously monsters in their own right. We've got Brandon. Brandon is champion. Ain't he the first Mexican flyweight champion? That's correct, yeah. The first champion. Mexican champion. The champion. Boom, yeah, Mexican champion. Boom, like, that's, that's massive. That's absolutely m- massive considering how long the UFC has been in existence with so many countries taking part. And uh, we've got, what, Brandon, 28, Davidson's 34, five foot six for Brandon, five foot four for Davidson. Um, respectively, they, they seem to be equal at weight. I, I get the impression that um, Figueroa is uh, kind of maybe a little bit more difficult making that weight, but that's, that's just the speculation. And the reach is negligible as well. Brandon's got a two-inch advantage reach, but they've had a three-fight trilogy. I mean, gents, 
I mean, what do you think about this co-main event? Is this... Uh, I, I, I want to go to Farmer with this one. Farmer, do you think this may possibly... If, if it clashes the way it clashes... Is it, could it possibly overshadow the main event if these if these guys get out in the third? I say yes. And the reason why I say that, Figueroa has got a longer time now because he struggled with the weight last time. So he had a longer camp now. I'm not saying he's going to win, but it's going to be a close fight because the first fight was a good fight. Um, um, Marino is, Brandon, is he, he's like a cult hero now, isn't he, in Mexico? And he's such, such a nice, sweet guy. You know, he, he does the Met, he does a Spanish version of the commentary. He... he and, and he's, he's a life-changing um, experience. He, he, he's fulfilled. I mean, it's about his mindset. Well, Figaro needs, because Figaro got damaged in that second fight. I think it's going to be very, very close. And it's going to be a barnstormer. I don't know who's going to win. And I'm being honest. I don't know. I can't pick out of these two. I really can't. It's just, okay. Well, I, I, I'm going to throw my Kango into the ring. I ain't going to say hat. I'm going to throw my Kango into the ring. And I think Brandon Monroe is, I think he's going to take it. Um, what, okay. Muscle Mike, what do you think about this? Do you do you think, is, is, is Figueroa going to come back? Is Brandon going to defend? What do you think? I'm going to say Brandon. I think the the first fight was very close. I think I actually had Brandon winning that first fight. Um the second fight obviously solidified it. I think he is just such a scrappy hornet, like you said. I think Figueroa is a bit more muscular and probably carries a bit more power. Mm, but, I agree. But Brandon is, he's just, I mean, they're both so fast, but he is like another level and he's so scrappy. He's just got the, the, the classic heart of a Mexican fighter. Like he is. He is just that way inclined, and, and he don't stop. And I think, um, yeah, I personally think you, you'll come away with it. I think it'll, it will be closer this time. I think maybe Figueroa got a bit emotionally involved in the second one because um, I think he was kind of pissed off that, or from what I remember, he was kind of pissed off that he was even having to give him a rematch. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to pick Brandon. Okay, I hear you. I hear you, Muscle Mike. I hear you. Um, one last quick question for for you guys. And um, I mean, I wasn't gonna do this, but I am gonna do this. I, I really want to get my co-host perspectives. I want to get both of your perspectives on this. And I and I really want I want to provoke um, some fantasy thought from both of you. Now I ain't talking about no no lazy foreign type of thing. Okay? <laughs> I shoot him. I ain't talking about none of that. No penalty <coughs> discussions. I ain't talking about that. But um, first of all, Farmer, uh, could you name one or two, up to you, one or two future fights that you would like to see, whether that's in boxing or UFC? UFC, in fact, I'm seeing um, John Jones versus Cyril Garn. Oh, woo, that would be interesting. I don't care if Cyril wins or loses or draws. I don't want to see that them two. That I want to see. I, I want. I want to see um, John Jones be tested by a, a, a tremendous athlete who's uh, probably got similar skill set, if not superior to his. And yeah, to see John, see to see John Jones, and if he, because John Jones is to, to me without hands down the greatest UFC fight of all time. The reason being, he's the only fighter in history, probably only will be, who beats you at your own strength. If he can beat Cyril Khan at his own skill set, there's no more debates because he's done it with every fighter he's fought. If you're good at grappling, you be sure of grappling. If you're good at kickboxing, he takes you on the kickboxing. He's incredible. That's his biggest challenge in, in fighting right now. That's one. The other one, I'd like to see Max against some um, Australian guy again. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I want Max to, yeah, I want to see that. Mm. I want to see that. That's that's for me. Mm, those those are good matchups. So I think both of them have the potential to be fights of the year. What you've just said there, to, to be honest, very good, interesting matchups. Um, Muscle Mike, same thing to you. Any future fantasy matchups that you would like to see, whatever category you, you would like to see it. Uh, it's difficult. Um, to be fair, I think the state of of the sort of champions and the things. 
I think I'm probably going to see most of the fights that I'd want to coming up. So I'm going to I'm going to tip my hat and put uh, some of the British guys on there. I, I'd love to see Jack Shaw, um, who's fighting in uh, UFC London in March. I'd love to see him fight a, a top five guy. I'd love to see him fight like uh, a Sean O'Malley type guy or, you know, he even fight for the title soon. I think, like I said, I think in terms of the big names, I think everyone's going to be fighting. You know, I want to see the Colby Mas- Masvidal fight, which is coming up. Um, I don't like John Jones, so I'm not really going to pick him. I don't. I don't really see. Even though I think the Max Holloway Volkanovski fight was their good close fights, I think it doesn't make loads of sense, and I think it's dangerous for Max <coughs> now because if Max loses three times to the same guy in the same weight, you know he's kind of done and he, he needs to move weights. But mm-hmm. I, I'm going to shout out the British guys and another another big British guy, uh, Arnold Allen, who's so underrated. You know, he's 8-0 in the featherweight division at the minute. He fights at Birmingham, Team Renegade. Yeah. Um, he is, there's word that he's going to be fighting Dan Hooker, who's a massive fight for him. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm just going to shout out some of the British guys for that, I think. But Jack Shaw, you know, he's my guy from Wales, um, from Abertillery. Uh Amazing, amazing fighter. He's been pipped as the next GSP. I don't know if you guys have seen him fight before, but he's... he's yeah, we such- follow him. Yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, such a, a good young prospect. And he's so humble as well. So, yeah, I'm going to be rooting for a big, big matchup for him in the next year. I don't know if you're aware, Mike, he gave a big yeah. shout-out to this podcast. Did he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a, he did. Yeah, I got a good friend of mine who knows him very well, and he gave a personal podcast. The only worry about that, I hope he's in, he got over his injury. Yeah, he's fine, yeah. he's um He returned to camp. Uh, I think the week after Christmas or the week before Christmas. Okay. Um. So he's back to full sparring now. He said there's no niggling injuries or anything like that, and he's fighting um some Russian guy in London in March. I think. Good. Nagamov. Is, is it Nagamov? He's fighting. No, no, no. They they've both ducked him. Um. Okay. Uh, Tamerov, I think his name was, or Tamerov. Okay. One of those, they, they, yeah. They both seem to finish with a Merov. Okay. Yeah, I think he's like one of the Dagestani Russian hybrid type guys. Mm. So, but yeah, I'm hoping for a big year for him because I think he's knocking on the door of top top ten, top fifteen. So, yeah, he's big year. I agree. I agree. Let, let, let's give um, let's give Jack the Tank Shaw, like Jack Tank Shaw. Let's give him a big up still, you know, because yeah. he, he gave us a big up. He took time out to big up. The podcast and and Jack Tankshaw, mate. Jack is he's he's technical. He's technical like a like a shark in the ocean. He, he will bite you in certain ways to get you to believe. And I and I follow him and I see what he does. You know he can brawl when he needs to brawl, but he's he's a technical student of the sweet science of combat, and I respect that. So big up Jack Tankshaw, guys. You press play now. Listen to this. You can follow Jack Tankshaw on Twitter. He's at Jack Shaw MMA. That's at Jack Shaw MMA. Follow him. Put his name in Google and, and you'll get his stats pop up in front of your face. And he's a great character. He's a good guy. And, and he's diligent at his work. And um, yeah, just, just take a look. Take a look like I took a look. And also like he took a look at Punch Touch Podcast. You know, I, I respect him and I do respect those submissions. <laughs> Mate, he's amazing. He's so good. <laughs> he will put you to sleep and he ain't reading you no fucking story. <laughs> hey, I, I, I honestly think that the that that comparison, the GSP comparison, just says it all. That's like the biggest compliment anyone could get, I think. He's very um, clean. Oh, he's methodical though, isn't he? He's methodical. so methodical. He's he's yeah. he's incredible. Yeah, he's He's tech, man. He's tech. He's super, super tech. He doesn't get phase, which I like about him. Doesn't get phase. And, he, and he's down. He's humble. And he's down to earth. I think he's 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 destined for big things. Hopefully, hope so. Be good for Wales, isn't it? Eh? Yeah, get the UFC to Cardiff. Yeah, before oh, mate, it go crazy. In fact, it would go wild. There, wouldn't it? It'd be great. Imagine that in the in the Millennium Stadium. <coughs> sorry, oh. sorry, the Principality. Now that it's called. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be. You imagine what's the famous Welsh 
anthem, the whole, the whole, the whole, um, singing that before you get, oh, mate, you get goosebumps on the whole world thinking, what is, these people can sing, you know what I mean? Just bring the house down, it'd be, oh, God. Or, or like Joe Calzaghi, Cardiff Castle. Cardiff Castle would be wicked, the lights on it. Yeah. It'd be just great. It'd be a little, little place of Wales, a fighting place as it is, you know, it'd be great. And not far from me, I'll just go across the bridge and um, purchase my ticket and, um, and, 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 and shout out Jack Straw. It'd be great if we can have another, um, I'll say never, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's a different, but, you know, someone from Britain to, to go across and beat these Americans and Russians and, and Brazilians. Because I'll always harp on, um, Mike, that we are the underdogs. We haven't got the academies. And I think the likes of Jack Straw and the Conor McGregor's from the British Isles have done exceptionally well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Really have. Uh, and I hope for someone like Jack to um, to be crowned the world champion. I don't care if you don't defend it. Just be crowned the world champion is it, it, a, a huge, huge feat for coming from these Isles. I, I do. I, I think British fighters are, should be lauded for, for the... A minimum um, facilities, I suppose, and and and, and um, breakdowns we don't get. We're mm. around, the Americans, the Americans have got it, and the and the Brazilians have got it way ahead of us, and, yeah. and the Russian states. So we, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, but we're getting there, though. We're getting there. We're this is what there. I said earlier on, Coach T, that the the two French speaking men, Cameroon and, and France, in in the way top of the table. No Americans, no Brazilians, no Russians, no Eastern Europeans. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, we got you got a shout out uh, old school Czech Congo for the uh oh. the, the, the original France yes. represent. Yeah. Czech Congo tough. Another as another one you said, Mike, look at his body physique. Oh he, yeah, I was just gonna say he's a oh, fucking mate, monster. Oh. The aesthetics again. Oh, mate, Mike, you're just, you're just on the muscle, ain't you, Mike? You're just on mate, the muscle. I, I was I was looking at Chris Chris Bumstead yesterday, thinking <laughs> Man, he's a fuck. Chris, Chris, who? Chris Bumstead. He's the um, <laughs> he's the current Mister Olympia for uh, like two on two division or whatever it is. And he, he's just, he's just, yeah. If 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 I if I was gay. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, on that note, on that note, let's just keep it happy right there. Let's just keep it. <laughs> I'm not, no. Guys, mate, you know, when I say guys, I ain't talking about my co-hosts, I ain't talking about my family, I'm talking about you guys that have pressed play, and hopefully you are the digital family that have the belief and passion of what we're talking about. We're not, we're not journalists, we ain't being paid to talk shit, we ain't being paid to big up certain people, our allegiance hasn't been sponsored. We're sponsored by the heart and we love the passion and the art of combat sports, whether that be in a squared circle or the octagon or a mat with your with your 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 counterparts around you and you're sparring or you're underneath the lights. We just we just love that and we respect the warriors mentality and that's what I love about Punch Touch. Guys, this has been an amazing show. It's been great. Once again, Farmer, thank you for joining in on season, not even, I was about to say season one, I'm losing myself here, season two, episode one, The Quiet Before the Storm. Thank you, sir. I hope you've done, and I hope you feel that you've done well and you've enjoyed your experience here. Well, I need to um, say this before I go. There we go, there we go. I'm going to back what Muscle Mike said. This Chris Bumstead is gorgeous, mate. <laughs> he is, isn't he? His profile now. He's 26 years of age. And this man is incredible. He oh is, my God. He? He's Canadian as well. Just need to yeah. know there, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is phenomenal. Anyway, he's, Mike, sorry. He's, he's, not, he's not too big, though, is he? He's not like over the top <laughs> big, but he's just like, yeah. He's, he's, he, could be, he could be the new James Bond. Let's put away everybody. This guy's James Bond. Be anyway, yes, yeah, sorry, Coach T. I, I, I had, I had my rainbow moment, right? Um, yeah, um, yeah. Fact, it was green. A first one of the year. Fabulous. Um, you know, love, love. You know, I love this program, and I eat, and sleep this. And um, yeah. Uh, all joking aside, hope you guys um, 
tune in, enjoy our banter, enjoy our input. As I said, we're not experts. We're just blokes in a pub having a pint and chewing a pork scratching and enjoying what we say. There you go. There you go, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. And Muscle Mike, thank you. Thank you for taking part as we as we launch together in 2022. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. It's been amazing as always. Always funny. Good laugh. Like Farmer said, it's uh, just a good bit of banter and good just chatting about fights coming up. So happy to do it anytime. There you go. There you go. Excellent, mate. Excellent. And guys, you know, remember you press play so that you could go on an audio journey and an experience with different insights and different perspectives from, from people that enjoy the passion of combat sports. Maybe you agree, maybe you, you don't agree, but so long as it provoked, so long as it poked your heart into looking a bit deeper into the art of combat sports, then job done. That's all I can say. I've been your host, Coach T. This is uh, Punch Touch Podcast, Episode 1, Season 2, The Quiet Before the Storm. And remember, 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 if you need some herbal remedies, and when I say herbal, I'm not talking about no Woodstock smoking some weed or any of that shit. I'm talking about nature's medicine cabinet. If you need some herbal remedies, check out www.leafofmind.co.uk. This is a, this is a herbal tea company made by a 15-year-old. And, and he's made this tea company because he's understood that he needs to make some money in this world in an honourable way. So he's, he's manufacturing herbal tea. He's a young boxer himself, but we're not even going to get into that. But the, her, the fact that he's manufacturing some form of supplement to help him and help other people become better in a physical way, in a mindful way, i got to big that up, man. i got to big that up all the time. So remember, www leafofmind.co.uk for all your herbal tea needs and whatever you put in that herbal tea after you've brewed it as up to you. <laughs> Guys, it's been a pleasure. Be strong, be true, be you. Peace. That's all I can say. I've been your host, Coach T. This is uh, Punch Touch Podcast. Episode 1, Season 2, The Quiet Before the Storm. And remember, 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 if you need some herbal remedies, and when I say herbal, I'm not talking about no woodstock smoking some weed or any of that shit. I'm talking about nature's medicine cabinet. If you need some herbal remedies, check out www.leafofmind.co.uk. This is, a, this is a herbal tea company made by a 15-year-old. And, and he's made this tea company because he's understood that he needs to make some money in this world in an honourable way. So he's, he's manufacturing herbal tea. He's a young boxer himself, but we're not even going to get into that. But the, her, the fact that he's manufacturing some form of supplement to help him and help other people become better in a physical way, in a mindful way, i got to big that up, man. I've got to big that up all the time. So remember, www.leafofmind.co.uk for all your herbal tea needs and whatever you put in that herbal tea after you brewed it as up to you. <laughs> Guys, it's been a pleasure. Be strong, be true, be you. Peace. <laughs>